Hey guys, I just want to leave a bad beat on the Clemson spread. Uh, lifelong Clemson fan. I lost a lot of trust and integrity in the program today. Announced pregame this morning at 11 fucking a.m. Andrew Makuba, Sheridan Jones, Malcolm Green. Two starting cornerbacks, starting NFL caliber safety, all considered out. Go fuck yourselves, Vegas. There's no way they cover that spread. Everybody talks about the D-line. D-line is great. I love it. But guess what? If there's nobody downfield to cover, they're just going to go over the top all day. And guess what they did? They went over the top all day. Love the Tigers. I'm glad the offense was able to do it. Fuck Vegas. Fuck the fact that Andrew McCoover, Sheridan Jones, Malcolm Green did not get to play. That's absurd. They were not injured. This is ridiculous. Have a good day. And with that, hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the College Football Uncensored Podcast brought to you by Saturday Down South and Texas Pete. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm your host, Tyler Huck. With me as always, Chris Marler. Chris, I'm tired. I was in Tallahassee all weekend. I just got back today, late in the afternoon. What's going on, man? How's your weekend? You, so it was awesome, man. There was like a, I thought, like you said, the slate sucked and it was a great, great day of football. Um, I kind of want to like, I kind of want to recap games like you didn't see any of them. I, and I don't even know if that's true I didn't or not, see but most like, of them. especially the Auburn game, because that was a fucking treat. Well, <laughs> so I did, I did see the Auburn game in bits and pieces. I was at the bar and I saw that Auburn was, I saw Missouri miss that less than a extra point chip shot. I don't even know yards. how you missed that. that. I've watched that guy hit like multiple 50, I think I think multiple. I, I know I watched him hit a 56-yard winner like a year ago or two years ago. Like just fucking nothing to it. Bruce Feldman came out with a story before the game that said if that Missouri beat Auburn in the game, that he was going to get fired on Sunday. Yeah. So so I see Missouri line up for that kick. They I see they miss it, and I'm like, oh. Gee. So my my attention is diverted. Hanging out with my buddies. What's up? Let me let's let's let me just let me tell you the tale of what Brian Harson and Auburn did on Sunday. In in what was what can only be described as one of the most selfless and uninterested um, like seizing of the moments from both teams. It, it was it, like it, it could not like it could not have been more peak Brian Harson, and that's when I also realized that Brian Harson he may get fired, but he also is trying to break up with Auburn. Like he he's trying to be like, no, no, I broke up with you, or like do what I used to do, like when I would get fired from a job, like no, no, I quit. You quit fired? No, like you. It's not the yeah. same thing, Brian. Not the same thing at all. They they come out. I, I think he's gonna. I think so. The Boise State game uh, program's probably gonna open back up. Maybe he goes back there. I. People have been throwing his name around for Arizona State as well. You know what's but, fucked yeah. up about the Arizona State things? Like we we talk about that, and it, I feel like he's going to be a head coach in like out west or somewhere back, like where he's like more comfortable and not dealing with these like fucking insane fans. But Arizona State just got reported that they were they had uh, assistants leaking information to <laughs> to opposing coaches and teams because they were trying to get Herm fired, which is like, oh my god. Now, if there's anything that I've I've learned in going from like one relationship to the next, you definitely want to find the like the most toxic place next that you can find, right? So like go go to Arizona State, dude. 
go to Arizona State, right. get HPV and a, and a five-year contract in Tempe and whatever else they do there. I mean, like, he – so, okay, so he – So are we going to start with Auburn here? Are we just going to jump yeah, in Yeah, without a doubt. It was one of the greatest games of all time. It was like, it was on par with the 3-2 to two game. Like, like dead serious. It, it was – they so Harson comes out, and it's like, by all means, he is coaching for his fucking life, Right. And he comes out and he did this crazy thing, Tyler. He he gave Tank Bigsby the ball. Wow. And so he had yeah. So he had nine carries last week against Penn State. This week he ends up having 10 on the first two drives alone. They just, I mean, they're just feeding Tank Bigsby, right? Also, one of the worst stats we've ever seen is he had 62 yards after contact yesterday. He oh, ended God. up with 44 total rushing yards. Oh God. Think about that. So that's really um, tough to do. It's really tough to do. All right. So Auburn jumps out to a 14 to nothing lead. And what have I told you about Brian Harson in the second half of games? That number that we found about how bad he is about covering the spread. Well, it gets worse. Uncle Chris did a deep dive. Um, you know that in the last seven games against Power Five opponents, Brian Harson and his his teams haven't haven't converted a third down, a single third down in the fourth quarter. Haven't scored what? more than six points in the second half of any of those games. Have been outgained in yardage by an average of 95 yards per game and out outscored by an average of 11.8 points per game. Good. That, that's just from the opponents. They also, from their own performance, they averaged a, like 50 yards less in the second half they did in the first half and 10.8 points less than they did in the first half as well. Like, like, they haven't scored more than six points in any – they're averaging three points per game in the second half those last those last seven games against Power 5 opponents. Think about that. The, well, they got out to that 14 nothing lead, and they didn't score another point until overtime. They did not. <laughs> they did not. It, it, it went to – like, it, it looked like it was going to be a fun little brunch at the barn, and then it turned into, like, the most Iowa, like, fucking Big Ten nightmare – at one point, there were 10, I think, no, I'm sorry, there were 11 or 12 straight punts from both teams. Good night. It, like, awful. <laughs> just, just, like, just awful. So, so like, as they're just, like, you know, coaxing it, everyone into this, like, a, like a Thanksgiving-style nap on the couch at, like, 2 o'clock in the afternoon, they end up... Um, like going to the fourth quarter and you're like, Oh my God, like Albert, this is like, this is his job. Like there, there's an absolute, like there's like an actual chance that Auburn is going to lose to Mizzou. Who's who's awful. Yeah. I see. They went, they went three and out on five of their seven possessions in the second half, Missouri. They sure did. They sure. <laughs> what did Auburn do? <laughs> I don't know. I'll look it up in the notes right now. Um, <laughs> it was, they had they had like oh why did I write this start down this was the best part they, they, there was a picture somebody like tweeted about it but it was like they they had like put up like a hundred yards or something like that say like in the first quarter and then both teams just gained less and less as the game went on and they're showing this graphic on ESPN and you notice like in the background there's like there's an Auburn like cheerleader or something male cheerleader and he's just laying down on the ground completely given up he's like <laughs> under some sort of like shade and he's just like fucking over it at one point they showed the mascot and the, like the mascots on the sideline in full basketball uniform 
playing on like a children's Fisher Price hoop. Brian Harson is fighting for his fucking life over here, 20 yards away on the football field. And Auburn's mascot is dressed fully ready for basketball season. Could not be more fucking over this. So they go to the fourth quarter and, and, and Auburn does what Auburn always does. And that's gives themselves a chance to win. Right. But Brian Harson turns heel like fucking Hulk Hogan coming out of that bash of the beach in 97 as the NWO. And instead of just going to win the game and kicking a field goal, on fourth and one, he goes for it. <laughs> he goes for it like with like a minute and a half to go. It, like you got a Carlson I, I, man who's apparently coming off an injury, and we know that because he missed a field goal later on. Spoiler alert! So they go for it on fourth and one. They're stopped like well short, and so Missouri gets the ball back. And like, all right, well, you know, maybe they'll just they'll just you know the D will step up here. Nope, Mizzou throws throws like a bomb. <laughs> Gets down to the three yard line and and like with a minute to go and it's like okay well we're just going to kneel the ball in the middle of the field and kick a field goal with our our preseason all SEC kicker thicker the kicker and he missed the twenty six yarder so they would it takes they a lot overtime. to miss a twenty six yard field goal you I mean it has to be immediately way off off the foot it doesn't have enough time to travel yeah. left or right no. Not at all. Not at all. Like the only direction it can go is, is straight. Yeah. Um, so, and I remember I had just tweeted something about how like, you know, the, like we talk about the competitiveness of the SEC, but the sportsmanship dis- displayed by Eli Drinkwitz, knowing full well that Brian Harson could not afford to lose his job in this economy. And then this happens and they go to overtime. And so Auburn gets the ball first and this is going to shock you. They, uh, they, they don't go, they don't do anything with their first possession. They got to kick a field goal. They right. missed the field goal. Then they somebody was off sides, so they got a chance to kick it again. They make it. Mizzou gets the ball, and you're like, all right. Like, surely, like, after all of these fucking breaks, Auburn's defense right. will step up. No, no. <laughs> it's a fucking 25-yard run off left end, like, almost untouched. And then Mizzou's running back, or Hoover had the ball, as he's going into the end zone to score and seal Brian Harson's fate, much to the chagrin of, all of Auburn's boosters and fans at this point, dude fumbles at the one yard line. I saw that. I did see that. That's incredible. I I don't know what it was like when that feels like appeared. Missouri was trying to to lose the game between those Actively, two plays the entire time. <laughs> like like and also at the same time, it, like from a betting standpoint, Stetson Bennett and Lad McConkey are doing everything in their power to not cover any spread or look like a legitimate team in Athens. And this is like the two games they have set up. And I'm like, what in the fuck is going on today? But Auburn, like, I mean, in the most Auburn Jesus and, and, and like, but it wasn't even a win. Like they don't, they were like, at that point, it was like they had already packed all their bags and like agreed on the breakup for three hours. And then Brian Harson was like, I listen, I missed my flight. Do you mind if I just crash here for the night? It, I mean, that is. They got, and they host LSU this week. They, yeah, but like, that's not a game. If he loses that game, that's not. I don't know if that's fireable. Like he's he's right. gone regardless. But it, yeah. it was fucking astounding. Saw Jeff Collins got fired today. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. Think yeah, Brian Harson will come here and and write the ship at Georgia Tech. <laughs> <laughs> um 
Yeah, so I saw I didn't see the the very end of the Missouri guy dropping it until today when I woke up. I was kind of catching some highlights. Yeah. I saw the when he missed the kick and then I saw that Auburn won by 3 in overtime and I just thought <laughs> I thought maybe that Missouri missed the kick again. And then I saw what actually happened and I was like, "My god." <laughs> I it went to review and you're like I like it was so fucking it was like it was like a movie you didn't want to end but also needed to end. It like it, it is. Oh my god! It was incredible. Um, so yeah, that's Auburn. They are probably the worst team in the SEC. No, like, like and I'm not saying that as like to, as like a burn to Auburn. I think I. Think you think they lose to Vandy? Yeah, I do. Vandy yeah. came into that game last night, and like, of course it was against Bama, and they didn't look great. But they came in last night ranked fifth in the SEC in rushing yards per game, fourth in scoring, and seventh in total offense. I mean, they were. Vandy was averaging 42 points per game and, and like 217 yards on the ground, like coming into that, into that game. Vandy's like a respectable team. Auburn. Bryce had a quite the day yesterday. Jeez. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, well, between Missouri and Auburn, yeah, they may be the two worst. Auburn had 217 total yards of offense yesterday. I think Vandy might beat uh, Missouri this year. Yeah. Vandy's probably the fifth best team in the SEC East. <laughs> For real, when we're, we're gonna do Vandy, this later. We're gonna we're gonna tough. like actually rank and figure out like who's good and where where like our rankings would be because Texas lost, which like like yesterday was it wasn't like a like hey who's how do we know who's any good because like but it was like more of like Jekyll and Hyde and stuff like from Florida and Anthony Richardson and and some of these other teams and like Clemson you know goes on the wire against Wake which I don't think that was like a, a negative because that's a that's a Good team. It's an eleven-one team a year ago, right? Um, Georgia, though. Yeah, Kent State. What what happened there? Because I was watching before we went down to the stadium. We were watching the Clemson Wake Forest game, and I look at the bottom of the screen, and it was like four. It was like literally twenty seconds into the game. Brock Bowers scores on a seventy-five yard rushing touchdown. Second play. Like, oh, I was oh, like, yeah. oh, okay. So his second rushing be- tip of the year. Second touchdown. Right. So I was like, okay, well, I guess this is going to be absolute just blowout. And then, you know, obviously that game's not on at the bar when we get there down by the stadium, but we get to the bar and I'm looking at the bottom line and it's like not a score I expected in the Georgia Kent State game. So what happened? That not game? not only because of the two teams playing, but also the actual numbers that were displayed on the scoreboard. At no point during that game was it like a normal fucking score. <laughs> Including the end when it was 39 to 22. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. No, like, so, I mean, basically, Georgia had, they dominated that game in a lot of ways in the statistics, but they had three turnovers. They hadn't had a single turnover going into that game all season. Um, and to be honest, Kent State, like, at first it was like, oh, man, Lad McConkey fumbles a punt. And then he fumbles a, another, like, uh, like after a catch and, like, in Kent State territory. And, and Stetson throws his first pick of the year. But, like, through three-plus quarters, Kent State did, like, things to Georgia that, that like, that did not – that no one saw coming. Like, I mean, they had they had three scoring drives of, like, 68-plus yards. They had wow, two scoring drives sustained. over 12 plays. Oh, oh yeah. Like, like there, was, there was multiple times where not only they have sustained drives, they had a kicker hitting, like, multiple-plus 40-yard field goals, which was ridiculous. Um and then, like, even, like, on the goal line on defense, 
there were several times they got stops on on Georgia. Like I mean, they stopped Georgia in the red zone three times. Like not stopped them. They had to. They they forced them to kick a field goal three separate times. I mean. Yeah, it looks like Kent State. I mean, they actually had really good offensive numbers. Well, I'm just looking at like the um, advanced statistics. It looks like mm-hmm. they really struggled in the red zone themselves on offense. Yeah, but like sustained drives pretty pretty well against Georgia. Had a couple like chunk plays. They had 12 plays of 10, 10 or more yards. Um, which going into that game, Georgia only had 27 of those all season. Um, so almost half, like it were, were from Kent State. Uh, I mean, the quarterback was 68% completion percentage and, and and had an average eight and a half yards per attempt. That's 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 the second highest, like from any quarterback that Georgia's seen since since last season, like since the beginning of last season, and that was Bryce Young. I mean. Who does like, Georgia have next week? Missouri. I probably Kent, like Western Kent State. Yeah, no, they got Missouri. Um, I would have liked to think maybe it was a, like a look-ahead game and they were just lethargic. But... <laughs> there's not a fucking look-ahead game on this schedule for them. <laughs> yeah, was, I mean, there's I'm like there's not a single thing to look at. <laughs> it's it, like, I mean, again, like the sky's not falling. They're still they're still should be like the number one team in the country. But it was very fun and enjoyable to watch. Because I just know that, like, especially with that fan base and and the way people are, especially with social media, you have a one-point win against a, a, a national brand and team like Texas, you will get fucking dragged all day on social media. But but there are actually people that will tell you Kent State is better than Texas. So there's that. That's weird. And also the positives, too. Stetson... Stetson Bennett still gets his yards and his numbers. Seventy-five percent completion percentage has has two hundred and seventy-six like uh, total yards. I mean, like they still had a lot of positives. It just was very surprising. Uh, we did get a couple of voicemails from this game. We'll, we'll play one and then um, anything. So you you basically think after this game, nothing really to take from it outside of it was just kind of a lethargic performance. I would still have them ranked number one. There are, but like they are human. And they, this is going to shock you. They might not be the greatest team of all time, like some people have already alluded to. Okay. All right. All right. Look, man. This is uh, Trip Durden, Trippy D Rice on Twitter from Georgia. Oh, yeah. Georgia game's not even over. I'm not even that mad or frustrated. I just hope this slows the hype train a little bit. Like, just everybody calm down. Quit saying we're already won and we're already going to be SEC champions and we're already going to be national champions. Like, just chill out. Like, I never thought there was even a point in the game today where we would lose. But clearly this team still got some stuff they got to work on. So everybody just calm down, chill out. A lot of football ahead. And, you know, it's going to be what it's going to be, but quit saying this team's better than last year. The defense is the best ever. All that stuff. Let's just chill and let's get into SEC play really fully on and focus on getting that stuff done before we start talking about SEC championships, national championships. Go, dogs. Fair. Now, nah, fuck that, dude. <laughs> no, I, I love Trip. Um, no, I mean, I, I like, yeah, I get it. It's like they, I mean, they. At one point, Tyler, in the fourth quarter, when when Kent State had had gone down and scored again after a twelve plus play drive. They 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 were going for two to make it a one score game. They didn't get it, but like that's how close the game was. 
Very strange. Very yeah. strange. Um, keeping with the theme of some of those earlier games, uh, anything else in the 12 o'clock uh, slate that stood out to you? I don't remember. I don't think so. Oh, I mean, no, wait. It's I mean, great it radio games, hearing cool. you uh, chew on popcorn. Yeah, good. Um, that Clemson Wake game was great. Um, that was a lot yeah, that of was a good game. I was surprised that Clemson, I mean, Wake has a really good offense. Yeah. But the fact that, I mean, it did go into two overtimes, but the fact that the score was 51 45 was pretty shocking. Yeah. Um, especially. Yeah. I just, but Clemson, I mean, maybe there's some signs of life on offense for Clemson. I, I will say Wake Forest defense is not great. So, We'll see. You know, I think it's more of a TBD on Clemson's offense. But if you're a Clemson fan, you got to be at least encouraged that DJ looked pretty good. Um, yeah, when they needed it most. Like, I mean, yeah, like that. That was that's huge. I, like, I don't think, especially with the narrative of him going into the season, I don't think anybody was super confident that he was going to pull off that win. Also, I I was very disappointed in the in the defense at one point because I'm still trying to get used to YouTube TV, and at some point I had switched channels. And it was right after Wake scored a wide open touchdown to start off overtime. And then like 10 minutes later, same exact play, same kid, wide ass open touchdown again. And that's when I realized that I was somehow eight minutes behind watching the same clip from before. So. um, So I have YouTube TV. Um, For teams that I tell YouTube TV I like, it records all the games and always takes me back to where I stopped watching it. Oh, I don't like that. Um, or it allows me to say, hey, you can either join this game live or you can yeah. watch like the key plays that have been up to this moment or you can start from the beginning. Yeah. Um, but yeah, YouTube TV does that. Oh, they, they... you know, we what we got to talk about is Kansas and Duke. Was every bit of fun that you thought it would be? <laughs> it was. I didn't see Kansas, Kansas 4 and They're still not ranked. All right, there. So I've been hearing a lot about their QB. How he's like pretty much like should be in the Heisman we didn't conversation. Watch the game, Tyler. We only had two TVs, and it wasn't going to be on Kansas and Duke out of principle. Jalen Daniels is his name, though. He had 324 yards passing, four touchdowns, and then 83 yards rushing with another touchdown. So yeah, I mean, good like, for Kansas. It, it was like, it was an exciting game um, because Duke. I mean, like Duke was especially as the first half team. Duke was was really good coming into there with some of their numbers. Um, they sold out the stadium. I mean, like, I don't know. Like, I tell you what, we we bitch and moan all the time about the same old people in the in the championship and the in the playoff every year. But there's been and we're not talking about it, but there's been more parody this year in college football early on than most years I can remember with like FCS upset upsets and G5 schools. And like, I mean, like, think about some of these teams that are that are like, I mean, USC and Tennessee, like they're back to being uh, what do you call it? Undefeated and, and maybe like back in like contention at some some level, but like there's been a lot of good. Uh, Syracuse is fucking. <laughs> they just passed their their season win total. Um, <laughs> Would you bet stay on that, hot, man? What's that? Oh yeah, yeah. Well, you bet on that as well. Their season win total. No. Uh, how did how did your picks go this weekend? Ah, nine and five. There was like oh, you can't complain about that. Well, Georgia fucked me because I had them in the first quarter and I had them in the first half. Uh, 
and neither one of those things happened. And then I'm trying to think of what else happened. There was something else that I missed that was like, well, Tennessee or uh, Florida attacked one on late. Oh, Penn State in the first half at uh, 14. They were up 14-0 in the first quarter and then just fucking fell apart in the second quarter. Um, yeah, Tennessee, Tennessee, like, ironically enough, the video I put out of, like, our best bets that I had to, like, rush out, I I was like, it was like USC money line, LSU minus seven first quarter, and then Tennessee first half and USC, I'm sorry, and uh, Michigan against Maryland. And I thought oh, it was yeah, like, Michigan, like yeah, two and two. But overall, the picks went pretty well. I think I'm, I'm up to like 37 and like uh, 37 and 11. So 78%. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, do you want to talk about that Florida Tennessee game or do you want to wait on that Fuck one? Fuck yeah. That was awesome. So I did have the, obviously, a lot of uh, Knowles had this on at the tailgate. And yeah. Look, I mean, the final score, obviously, Florida covered, and they both put up monster numbers on offense. What's crazy is if you track the win probability throughout the game, there was never once a time during the game from kickoff to the very end of the game that they had a probability of even, you know, 1% in their favor. That's not which true. Is, which is crazy. Oh, in their favor. So, like, 51 Yeah, yeah. Yep. Okay. I mean, they were winning it in the first It quarter. got down to 50 Four percent for Tennessee on the 85th play of the game, which I don't really know when that is, but that's yeah. as close as it got. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously, monster numbers on offense for both teams. Um, Richardson, Richardson like just, he's like this crazy like Jekyll and Hyde. I mean, 453 yards passing and touchdown. Another two touch, or I'm sorry, two touchdowns in the air, two touchdowns on the ground. Um, what was the story of this game, in your opinion? I mean, honestly, I didn't, I just didn't see what Florida was going to have on the road. We saw we saw them struggle so much even at home, and that was absolutely going to be a hostile environment. And, and, like, the thing about Tennessee is what makes them so dangerous is, like, most teams, like, o- like almost every team that they play is going to have to play catch-up to that offense at some point because of just, like, how Hypo and, and his system is and, and their style of play. And, like, and Hinden Hooker – so his his Heisman odds jumped to sixteen to one today. After this game, he had four hundred and I think four hundred and sixteen total yards. He had one hundred and twelve yards rushing, three hundred forty nine yards passing. Uh, was twenty two of twenty eight, so seventy eight percent completion percentage. Um, another three touchdowns, interceptions. Like so, he has the fourth best Heisman odds right now. And I don't know if you could really convince me that Bryce Young or Stetson Bennett should be ahead of him right now. After, like, just looking at the sheer numbers. You know, since he became the starter last year in week three, he's had 45 touchdowns and two interceptions. Damn. Like, yeah. it, it, they are in such good hands. And, and like, that that team and program seems like they're in such a great place. This, the story for me was Florida continues to show a lot of fight, and they don't they don't quit, which is not something that, like, that seems like such a, like a basic compliment. But that is not, that was not one of the characteristics of, like, that team when they when Mullen was the head coach, like they would roll over and die at times. They they don't do that under Napier. Um, I was frustrated that they covered the spread because it seemed like Tennessee had this thing well in hand, um, and I wish they would have put that away. But I mean, like, yeah, the most impressive part for me is Tennessee. Not they didn't punt once, so there's no punts. They also didn't have Cedric Tillman. They just had like yeah. the team step up, Brew McCoy, and, and and like he gets you know over 100 yards and I think two touchdowns. 
the defense stepped up when they needed to at times, like not a lot because they're on the field a, a whole bunch. But I mean, like they they got tested early and going into the half, I think they were down like 13 to 10 or something, or I don't know. And they're on the one yard line and all Hinden Hooker does is just do what he fucking does every game. And that's just put the team on his back, lead like a just methodical, efficient drive that ends in the end zone. Like they, they're good, man. They're really good. Um, they, they've got a buy this weekend, I believe. And then they go to LSU. Yeah. That's going to be a fantastic game. I, cause I, I think, so, I think LSU, I think LSU is going to continue to get better during the year. And I think LSU actually might be pretty decent by the end of the year. Um, that's another team. That's why we got to figure out these rankings. Let's play the, the voicemail from Florida real quick. Um, Speaking of Hinton Hooker and his his Heisman odds, I mean, where are you at on the Heisman right now? Because I, I would say at this point, there's the names that we all knew coming into the season that I don't think are like right. putting up crazy years yet. There's still a lot of time to go. Um, but the normal Bryce. names that you heard, like Bryce and CJ Stroud, you're just they're just kind of like okay, they're putting up fine numbers, but it's not like I don't think one person is so far outplaying anybody else. Who else would you throw in there at this point? And so my leader would be CJ Stroud, just because of, I mean, 16 touchdowns, one pick. They put it on Wisconsin yesterday. Like they, they, like they look the part of, of a national championship like level team. Um, so I would have CJ first, I think. Uh, I would probably have Stetson. I, I mean, honestly, I'd probably have Hinton Hooker too. Um, as of like today, then I would have Bryce and then I'd have Stetson. Um, Caleb it's weird Williams? to say, but, but was that, what about Caleb Williams at USC? Did you watch his game yesterday? Uh, I saw Caleb Williams was six of 18 for 64 yards in the, in the first half. Yeah. But they're still undefeated. Oregon state threw four interceptions. <laughs> they are still undefeated. <laughs> um, and he will he will absolutely end up being in New York if that continues to go that way, which it looks like it might. You know who's by the way, the over under like, on that game was 70 and a half. And that what was the final, like 17 to 14 or something like that? Yeah. <laughs> or 27 yeah, 24. It was, it was crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah, they, I mean, like they had to score with like two minutes left. Um, yeah. I think I mean Addison didn't even have a, a, a catch in the first half. No, it's like that's where I would have like I would have probably in that order those four, and I'm sure I'm forgetting somebody just in terms of like you know stats and stuff like that i like i i who who am i missing um like, i mean i don't kj jefferson's not they're not gonna have enough wins for him to matter enough to be there um but he's yeah, had a great year I, really well. at this point i mean like if you're just looking at top teams like jj mccarthy i haven't heard anything about him this year yeah. dylan gabriel i mean he was gonna put up big numbers in the lobby offense but they just lost to kansas state I doubt right. he's going to be up there. Tyler Van Dyke's been awful at Miami. He got benched during the game. But by, by the way, Miami got routed by Middle Tennessee State. The, the final score Raiders, was closer, baby. but they were they were up huge at one yeah. point. So, yeah, I mean the kid, the the back from Penn State, Singleton's been pretty good. Yeah, um, but no, nah, I think there's I mean, a clear top tier that's at this point in the season. You might want to throw Bowers in there just because of what he's like. <laughs> Yeah, he's a monster. He now has three rushes, rushing attempts this season. All three are rush or touchdowns, um, and he's he's scoring like in such explosive ways. Like like 
it's going to be a long season. I don't think that'll play out. Also, he has like five touchdowns. And I told you before the season, one of my, my favorite picks was him under 10 and a half like receiving touchdowns. He only has like two receiving touchdowns because they keep giving the ball like in, in like rushing uh, on rushing running plays. No, I, th- I think all those um, I would, I would throw in there. And I, I'm, I'm being like, like regionally biased for sure. Uh, maybe Sam Hartman, if, if they end up like running the table, I, I don't know. There's like, there's still a lot of, of, of like season left, but I do think that like when you talk about like the rankings of like the best quarterbacks, especially in the SEC, I you can't convince me that Hinden Hooker shouldn't be at number one. He's he's got the numbers and he's got his team playing at a really high level right now. So yeah, I agree with you. Let's uh let's play our favorite Florida caller here for this game. Yes, see what he has to say. Hey guys, this is local Florida resident. Here looking at the uh, Florida Tennessee game with about three minutes and some change left to go. Uh, my only take on this game is we gotta get rid of Grantham and Love players. Good lord, especially Grantham. Dean blew two coverages and. Ugh. But outside of that, like I'm actually pretty. I'm not that down. Um, I think Florida played good, played a lot better on offense today. Um, looked really good. So I, I, I think I think we have a bright future. Um, but you know, it just ain't gonna be this season, and that's fine. I mean, I didn't I didn't expect um, us to have a great season. But as soon as I started getting down, I kind of went and took a look at the Miami Hurricanes score, and then I kind of cheered up just a little bit. So great work, guys, and uh, yeah, talk to y'all later, man. I don't like that he's getting more reasonable as the as the weeks go on. I mean, I, I know, do for, you know. His, for his own mental health and, and stability. That's great, and I'm impressed by it. But like, I just like he's getting more and more reasonable and logical, which is not what we want. Um, also, I do love <laughs> exactly. the fact that there's like this rotating, like revolving door, like this carousel in Florida, where every single week when something bad happens to you, there's someone else you can look at just a stone's throw away that's more embarrassing. Which right. is like honestly, that should just be the state motto, or or, or put that on the flag. <laughs> Middle Tennessee with the big forty-five thirty-one win over Miami. Well, <laughs> and, uh, real quick too, he's talking about the Florida defense, but like Tennessee's going to do this to a lot of teams, like almost every team, including maybe Bama and, and, and Georgia, not to that extent. But this is their fifth game in the last seven that they've played where they've had forty-plus points and five hundred-plus yards of offense. Like this is the offense. This is not like they just had like a the defense had a bad day. Like this is what Tennessee does. It, so Hendon Hooker at one point between the end of last game in which he played and this game, he had 14 straight consecutive pass completions. Right. So 12 against Akron <laughs> and then two here. Right. So uh but still just I mean crazy efficient. Like you said, he just doesn't turn the ball over. Um Tennessee obviously needs to get Tillman back when they get into a stretch where they're playing a defense that's a little bit better than Florida's, you know, right. particularly when they go play L- uh, LSU, Kentucky, Bama. Like, there's they're going to need Tillman healthy. Yeah. But um, Florida's got Eastern Washington this weekend, so a little bit of a break. There's a pretty major hurricane coming through Florida this week uh, towards the back half of the week. Um, that could affect a bunch of these games this weekend. So, shout oh, out to everybody this, down this there. This is like the worst week for that. It happens every fucking year. 
Yeah, it does. So shout out to everybody. Stay safe down there. And um, but yeah, so that game may or may not be moved or played, or uh, it's tough to say yeah. at this point. But and then Tennessee, like I said, yeah, Tennessee's got an open date, so um, they'll play LSU and then Bama. So your thoughts right now for the Bama Tennessee matchup in a couple of weeks? How you feel about I mean, that right now? Tennessee is going to put up some points and it's going to be a tough environment. And honestly, I'm not worried about like, I think Bama's defense, especially after what I've seen like last night. And you look at some of like the, the bigger numbers, like Bama's defense is the, is the best defense in the country. And Georgia fans like, like hear me when I say that, like as of right now, Georgia's or Bama's defense is the best defense in the country. Um, but they haven't allowed a passing touchdown all year. Uh, they've only allowed two total touchdowns. They've, They've shut out um, their opponents in 10 of the 16 quarters they've played in. Like, it, like the numbers are, are kind of crazy, but the, the thing that worries me is them playing on the road because they have looked, since the start of last season, really bad on, on the road um, against teams that are not anywhere as, as good as Tennessee. So um, I, I, I'll tell you what, like the stretch that Bama's about to get into, which is at Arkansas, home against AM and at Tennessee is very, very difficult. Um, it's like, I would be hard pressed to imagine they don't go two and one in that stretch, but talking about that team that's up first, he could not have drawn up a better, like pre Bama game for Arkansas. Like if, like if you're a Bama fan, like the way that game played out is, is like just chef's kiss for, for what you would want if, if your team's playing them next week. Um, just kind of rifling through some of the afternoon games before we get to AM and arkansas uh so, so you mentioned texas tech beat texas so texas falls out of the rankings um sounds lost like yours is yeah they lost by three sounds like yours in overtime um is maybe going to be back soon maybe earlier than expected so that's good for them georgia tech loses to ucf um but just, like respectably yeah they covered the spread that's good for them um so at this point, um, as of today, Collins got fired. So it'll be interesting to see who they go after. Oregon with the big win on the road against uh, Washington State. Road Bo Nix actually showed up and balled out. But, bro, did you see the graphic I posted today? Like during my deep dive, I, I, I stumbled upon something I was not ready for, which is Bo Nix is apparently really good now after that Georgia game. Yeah. At post Georgia game, he is he is completing seventy eight percent of his passes for three hundred and like thirty six yards per game, with thirteen total touchdowns and one interception. Wow! Like it's and like in two of those games are BYU and, and at Wazoo. So yeah, I mean like that's I mean he was like you said roadboat next. He put up four hundred fifty eight yards yesterday. The Texas game, I so oh that's why people are upset because they had a thirty one to seventeen lead. Uh, okay. I've seen worse, but yeah. yeah, I've seen worse from Texas. Um, they were on the road as well in Lubbock. Um, another shocking thing. This is just totally off the beaten path, but I was just scrolling through this. Colorado State played Sacramento State and lost forty-one to ten. How's <laughs> <laughs> at awesome. home? At home. Sacramento oh State's God. not even a real college. It's like <laughs> next know. to a fucking Quiznos. Like that is like what? Like what? That's insane. Um, uh, how about yeah. uh, we'll we'll touch on this quickly. How about Ole Miss kind of 
squeaking one out against Tulsa. Really odd, like, day from Ole Miss. They didn't score Miss, any points in the second half. No. So the first half, they put up 30. They were losing in the first quarter. Before this game, they had outscored their opponents, like, like 52 to three or something like that. Or maybe it was even 70 to three in, in the first quarter of games and, and like, and were dominant in the first half as well. So they still put up 35 points in the first half. And I think they had five touchdowns on six total drives in the first half, but they struggled with Tulsa. Tulsa also has the, the their quarterbacks leading the country in, in like, in something. Um, like, I mean, he, like they, they were, they were a better team that I think people were prepared to see. Um, and Ole Miss still had some positives, but that defense, man, like, the, what was kind of weird, and we were talking about this last week, is like how how like silently well rounded this team has been over the first three weeks. I mean, Ole Miss was leading the SEC in rushing defense in, in terms of yards per carry allowed at, at two point zero one, and then you have Tulsa come in and they rip off like an average of like six point one yards per carry, um, and it was the worst they've had in like in the last like like. I think two seasons of defense like didn't record a single sack, which is the only second time it's happened in last since 2020. Um, so, and there's some, there's positives too, but like, yeah, that, that was like, I don't think they're in danger of losing that game, but it was a, it was a, it wasn't like comfortable. Did what did Zach Evans get hurt in this game? I don't know. They 10 rushes for 48 yards. And then Quinchon Junkins had uh 27 rushes for 140 yards. And Jackson Dart had over 100 yards rushing. Yeah, they, they've had they had a hundred yard rusher for the fourth straight game. It's the first time it's happened this century. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean yeah, Evans. Yeah, I, I'm not seeing anything about him getting injured. I don't. I, I wonder why he didn't get a lot of run. I feel like this happened last time or last season when like they they played Tulane in their last non-con game before they played Bama, and I could be wrong, but they put up something crazy like 40 points in the first half, and then just kind of like you know, fell off in the second half. I, I don't know if it's because they have Kentucky coming in town next week and they were trying to not show a bunch, but it, it was the quarterback is what's really surprising to me because they have weapons to throw to, but Jackson Dart is just not, I thought that'd be a foregone conclusion that he would put up numbers and he just hasn't. Yeah. I, I'll be interested to see because, because Ole Miss really, I mean, Tulsa, you're right. They're actually not a bad team. No. Um, and a lot of people did have this as kind of a sandwich spot for Ole Miss where mm -hmm. they could, you know, maybe not cover the spread, but that, it was closer than expected for sure. Um, but they haven't really played a, a really good team yet, Ole Miss. So I'll be interested to see, you know, now that they enter into, like like you said, they play Kentucky this week. Yeah. Let's see how they do against, you know, a team that's got a pretty good defense. I, I, it's, that'll be an interesting to watch, an interesting one to watch. Um Let's see. Okay, yeah. So that brings us to Arkansas AM. And this one was at night during Florida State's game. So I, I literally didn't see a play of this. So it started out like like I I thought it was about to be a runaway because remember AM was favored by two points and we couldn't figure out why. <laughs> like yeah. Vegas is so fucking good. Yep. Um but they they like they go down 14 nothing. Arkansas scores on their first two drives of the game. They go up 14 nothing. And, and it was like two like long passing plays too against that AM defense that was like top five in the country and like yards per uh, attempt, like allowed. Um, I mean, their first four series were all three and outs. They, they didn't have like they were down 14 nothing before they had a single first down. 
And I, I just kind of, that's, that's a recipe for disaster with, with, with that offense under Jimbo. And they yeah. just slowly, but surely kind of chipped away. And I mean, this team is like, like, I, I don't, I'm not going to say that like they're bad or I'm not, and I'm not going to say they're elite. They win so, so ugly. Yeah. It, it is. I mean, it is like the fucking Marla hooch of, of teams. Like it is like, like, efficient it's gonna hit like 350 that's a deep cut from a league of their own if, and if you know what i'm talking about um but like they like arkansas had the worst pass defense in the country tyler yeah you know how many yards they had passing for a&m 150 150 it's like so and, and it's a huge <laughs> yeah. win they, they rip off 23 straight points they go up 23 to 14 um you know Arkansas and KJ Jefferson tried to like it, it was it was a really good game, and Arkansas probably should have won late with that weird ass kick that hit the top of the fucking goalpost I've never seen before. You had multiple <laughs> players on the sideline crying for Arkansas, which was Ugh. too early for that. Um, but like, okay, so I, I it was a good win for AM. Like you lose to App State and you bounce back and have two top 15 wins, right? Yep. Turns out Miami is probably not good at all. But that's true. But here's the here's the concern, and I'm like I'm, I'm saying this like I'm not saying this like to shit on AM. I'm just saying there's still a lot of concern because one thing they did that was good is that rush defense was ranked like 85th coming in. I mean, and and Rocket Sanders was leading the country and like with 147 yards per game, like seven and a half yards per carry. They limited him to 17 carries for 68 yards and no touchdowns. Um, and Arkansas tried to like enforce its will, like or impose its will in the second half. Like they they had twenty nine total plays in the second half, twenty three were like were rushes. But what concerns me is this: if you're going up against the worst pass defense in the in the country, and you only put up one hundred and fifty yards, you only had fifty five total plays for three hundred and forty four total yards. Like it, on top of all that, do you know how many? offensive players had a single touch in this game like touch the ball for whether it's a reception or a, a rushing attempt for arkansas no no for for a&m for a&m um is it a surprisingly high or a surprisingly low number low five six including the quarterback oh my god okay they, there they you had go. They had, and then Nia Smith got injured, of course. So, like that, maybe that factors into it. But like, it, they had fifty-five total plays, and and Devon A. Chain and Max Johnson accounted for forty-seven of them. Like, that is a problem. That is a problem. It, but but you have to give him credit too, because I mean, A. Chain is a different type of athlete, and and he's he's special. Obviously, he has like one hundred seventy-four total yards. He has a career high in rushing yards and total yards. Um, and, and has like a huge game when they needed it most, but like, like the end of this game, like, just think, think about this. It's like, you'd be so fucking, you would have been, you would have lost your mind watching this as, as somebody that doesn't like Jimbo going through the, like the last two and a half drives, 20 minutes of this game, Arkansas is just desperately trying to claw back. They have like a, uh, like a 13 play drive where 11 of them are just rushing attempts. And I think like a bunch of them were KJ Jefferson. They're just trying to like play grown man football and, and just take back this game. In the same time, that's KJ Jefferson. In the same time, Max Max Johnson was two of six for 48 yards, two sacks, and a fumble. 
However, the two completions, Tyler, he had a 32-yard completion on second and 30 and a 16-yard completion on third and 12. I, wow. Yeah. And then, so, and, you know, and then I was – go ahead. So um, I was listening to a couple um, other podcasts just to get some other varying opinions on the big games this week. Something yeah. I hadn't considered about – what Max Johnson could do for the offense because clearly he's not like some elite player. Now he did face a lot of pressure because LSU's O line was awful last year. Yeah. So he can deal with that much better than Haynes King. But also the biggest liability on Texas AM's O line is their left tackle. And obviously that's not good. Yeah, that's not good when you're Haynes King and you're right-handed and that's your blind spot. But for Max Johnson, he can at least see the rush coming, and it should. He's help more athletic them. than I than I thought too. He like I mean he he had a couple big plays. Like A and M just like A and M seems like the last two weeks. It, it's like if you're watching like a fucking wrestling match, and you're like, oh, he's got him pinned, and then it's like this super dramatic like like right before the three count, they're like, oh, back up. That's fucking A and M, and then they just slap box for like like very very effeminately for like the next like I mean the offense is bad, was, they they got a long way to go, but but also a huge win and their tenth win against Arkansas in the last eleven years. That is a huge win. Um, yeah, we got a voicemail for this one as well. Um, but before we get to that, Chris, let's take a quick timeout to talk about some of these spicy plays by Texas mm. Pete. That is. Texas Pete has the spice and flavor that's kicking this football season up a notch. If you haven't tried the original hot sauce or their new traditional barbecue sauce, run, oh, yeah. don't walk, to grab yourself a bottle today. Visit TexasPete.com for recipes and hot apparel, plus take 20% off your entire order with promo code UNCENSORED. Win big with Texas Pete when you sauce like you mean it. Hashtag on a Peter. Uh, by the way... Get that going. <laughs> I got uh, I got together over the weekend with loyal listener uh, Booza, and oh, nice. he and he showed me that he placed an order on Texas Pete's website, used the the uh, promo code uncensored, and got a bunch nice. of hot sauce. I've submitted so, my order too, and I, I I went way I I went way too hard in the paint. <laughs> All right, let's play this uh, let's play this voicemail real quick that we got from an Aggie fan. Uncle Chrissy, wake up, Marler, and Tyler, big dick, Huckleberry Finn, motherfuckers. Um, it's your boy Carson, your resident Aggie fan. You know, calling back this year. I know I'm doing it on Sunday afternoon instead of Saturday night, but I allegedly, allegedly, uh, got too high while I was watching the game and just forgot afterwards. Um, but man, my my Aggies. Arkansas, man, it's close. I felt like my heart was just going to shoot out of my liver. I, I don't even know the hell to think. Now, it's, you know, sloppy game, sloppy game. Uh, but, hey, after that, I came out with the dub against a great team, you know, led by Sam Pittman. Uh, a lot of respect for them. But, oh, man, I felt good to get that win, especially after last year. But, uh, man, you know, fucking Giga Maggies and all that good shit. See you guys later. Love y'all, even though the amount you guys constantly barrage my Aggies. So see y'all later. Hey man, appreciate the call, Carson. Don't don't you know I I'm biased against Jimbo, and I feel bad. I don't mean to 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 shit on the Aggies all the time. Um, 
Yeah, man. Uh, good, good win for, for Jimbo. Good win for A&M. Keeps him right in the, the, the hunt of everything. And hey, look, although it hasn't been pretty this year, still undefeated in the SEC right now. Yeah. Yeah, everything's still ahead of you or in front of you. So um, anyway, what do we got next? Um, Bam up fucking dominating Vandy or what? Yeah, what uh, what do you, I think that's pretty much the last game we have to talk about. I mean, the other games were smaller games. Um, this was an actual SEC well, matchup, but yeah, like I understand it's Vandy, <laughs> and then like, and and Bama's not gonna get credit for it. But I, I will say I didn't realize how impressive the numbers were. Bama outgained Vandy by four hundred ninety nine yards in this game. It's the third opponent in four games they've outgained by four hundred plus yards. Still having a lot of passing. They were they held Vandy to one of thirteen on uh on third down. Like I said, Vandy was fourth in the SEC in rushing uh, rush yards per game at like two hundred seventeen. They held up to fourteen yards on twenty six carries. So it was. There's a lot of positives I think that came from it. They finally went up tempo a little bit. Um, the offense looked good. They had they they hit a bunch of different receivers. I think there's like eight different receivers had at least two catches, which hasn't happened and hasn't happened in forever. So there's a lot of positives there. Um, especially anybody going starting into, to emerge as a like a, a go to threat in the passing game. Ja'Cory Brooks and Trayshawn Holden look pretty good. Um, I mean, there's like it. It might just be that Jameer Gibbs is not your like RB one, and it might just be Jason Kellen. Because he's, he's been more me. consistent. I mean, like I mean, yeah. Gibbs is still really good and like an integral part of that offense. But he's like just between the tackles, he's not. He hasn't been as consistently good as as Jace. Um, but the defense, man, <laughs> defense looked good. Uh, Will Anderson had two and a half sacks. They had five total. It's like their twelfth game in the last thirteen overall. They've had like at least three sacks. So. Um, the defense is good, man. Defense is good. I think there's, there's like, it'll be interesting to see what they, what it looks like when they play a little bit better competition. But um, it's, it, it was, it felt, it felt like a, a step in the right direction. Um, obviously the other SEC games this week, you had LSU play New Mexico, um, but nice win for them, shutout um, for LSU at home. Um, you had. Mississippi State played Bowling Green. I think that, Dude, that Mississippi Will State, Rogers, man. I think that yeah, four oh six and six TDs. You take that all day. Uh, I'm actually really excited um, about one that you had. Obviously, Charlotte um, and South Carolina. South Carolina puts up fifty six points. Hold on, hold on, real quick, because South Carolina looked like shit in the first half of this game, partially because I had bet on them to cover in the first quarter and in the first half. Yeah, so they were what they were up twenty to fourteen. They were down seven to three or something like that, and then also like fourteen to ten or something stupid. Um, but they forced three interceptions in a row in the second half. Uh, it, the like Charlotte is a bad football team. Like they're they're not a good football team. But uh, there were three things that happened in this game that I thought were, were pretty notable for South Carolina fans that we don't get to talk them like talk them up much. So I want to throw these out there. They had uh, they held shit. Hold on, where is it? Um, they had 500 yards of offense, which is only the second time they've had that in a regular season game in the last four years. They had 295 yards rushing, which is the most in a regular season game since 2020. And they had 50 plus points, which doesn't seem like a big deal, especially with this this day and age offense. Tyler, that's the second time they put up 
over 50 points in a game since 2013. It's only the second time in the last 84 games that they've they've put up that many points. So, oh, wow. yeah. And then I saw Kentucky kind of had a close one with Northern Illinois. Every yeah, Kentucky's not the best team in the country. This is a perfect segue into our rankings because, I, like, Will Levis, four touchdowns, no interceptions, which is good. It's only the second game in the last 10 that he, they haven't had an interception. Um, they, like, I don't know if it's just Chris Rodriguez is out, but they got outgained in rushing yards for, the, like, third time in four games this year, which is, like, kind of like their M.O. Um, against Northern Illinois. And, yeah, and also, they're sense. awful in the first half. Like, the entire season, they're, they're you know what their, their average margin, um, like, scoring margin uh, is in the first half of games this year? No. Zero. Zero. Wow. Zero. They have, they are tied 40, 40 total offensive points and they've given up 40 as well. They they just anyway. Um we want to do some re-ranking of maybe like the top 10, top 15 teams here based upon what we would, you know, kind of what we've seen. Um I will say that the slate coming up this coming weekend is phenomenal. Um is it? It is. So if you go down the list, you got Kentucky Ole Miss. Uh, I think Oklahoma TCU is going to be a really good game at noon. Um, okay. Alabama Arkansas at three thirty. Oklahoma State number nine. Oklahoma State versus number sixteen Baylor at three thirty. You've got A and M at Mississippi State, which is a sneaky good game. Mississippi State favored in that game. Yeah. Also, how did Arkansas lose by two points to a ranked opponent off a missed field goal and drop ten spots to twenty? It's a great question. Number 10, NC State at number five, Clemson this weekend. Um, That's probably where the slate ends, but that's a really good slate. How about Florida State, Wake Forest? Florida State finally ranked. uh, Are they? Number 22, Wake Forest versus number 23, Florida State. So, yeah, it's a good slate. But, um, all right, so let's kind of re-rank where we would would have um, the AP at least top – 10 maybe 15 and then we want to play one more voicemail that we got over the weekend that was really good all right so here's the here's the thing because i I got asked this a bunch of times yesterday about who's good and who's like actually like who's actually good this year and people being confused because of so many jekyll and hyde moments um i still think it's tough by the way to tell even at this point for a lot of teams because there are a lot of teams that still have played nobody yeah that's fair i think that's fair um And, and so much of it is, like, still confirmation bias from where they were in the preseason and all that kind of shit. But, like, okay, like, so just starting from the bottom, like, of, like, where people, where teams are, Kansas is right on the outside of the AP poll at 26th, right? Um, yeah. In the, hold on, where did it go? In the, in the coaches poll, this fucking was, made me livid. Cincinnati is ahead of Kansas. Florida's right behind them. At, at two and two. Um, and that's probably fair because I think Florida could probably beat Kansas. Texas Tech at three and one after beating a ranked team didn't get in. Kansas State after beating Oklahoma didn't get in. Oklahoma still ranked 16th. Um, Texas. That's just in the right coaches them. though because the AP, they are ranked Kansas State. Okay, good. Uh, yeah. At 25th. Michigan State is out here getting votes ahead of Mississippi State, ahead of LSU. Michigan State just lost thirty-two to like seven to or, Minnesota. Or, yeah, like and they got blown out. They got blown out week before. Anyway, so some of these, I feel like some of these 
teams that we have so high, and including some of the SEC teams, are vastly either overrated or underrated. And we're going to re-rank them. And and I, like I'll, I'll I'll ask you like where should where should Arkansas be ranked? If I'm just looking at like, do I think Arkansas would beat X Y Z team in front of them? Mm-hmm. Well, that, they get to play BYU later in the year, but I think they'd beat BYU. I think they'd probably beat Oklahoma. Guess you can't say they beat A and M because they didn't. But I still feel like if they play that game again, maybe they could win that game. Um, I'd probably have I'd probably have Arkansas maybe at fifteen. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. Um, um, but like, I take a look at something and like, look, we'll see. And we get, we get hate all the time from listeners who think that we just shit on Kentucky. But like, I think Penn state would beat Kentucky. Wait, we, we get hate about people think we hate Kentucky. Yeah. I don't hate I don't love Kentucky, but like we hate on them being ranked seventh is a we, fucking joke, but we don't think that because we don't think Will Levis is a first round pick. Well, we got an he's, not. he's probably not a first round pick. No, he's not. And also, it, the number seven ranked team in the country isn't in a dogfight with fucking Northern Illinois tied 14 to 14 in the first half. Like, I kind of feel like Tennessee is a lot better. Well, I don't know. Let, let's let's start from 10. Let's start from 10. Well, we'll Where, get like, you go. You can go first. We'll get a, a quick answer on NC State this weekend. Yeah, they play at Clemson. I believe that's a night game. So we're about to find out who's real between NC State and Clemson. I think for now, NC State has not played like a top 10 team up to this point. I would definitely have, at the very least, Penn State swapped with them. If not, Penn State a little bit higher. I just think Penn State's been pretty impressive this year. Um, Washington is a fun team. and so much fun, man. And their offense is really good. That that head coach is getting a lot of love right now, Kalen DeBoer. So mm-hmm. I, I'd have Washington a little higher, but I'd say for now, I don't think NC State has played the part of a ten, uh, a top ten team on the field. Um, they'll get a chance to prove it this weekend, and so that'd be the first one. And I'd, I'd either put Washington or Penn State there. Okay. Um. So I have Washington at ten. Okay. And then I would have Oregon ahead of them at nine. Just strictly because of what Bo Nix has been doing, and, and like the like the, there's a lot of interchangeable teams here. Like outside of the top ten, like I, that eleven through fifteen, Ole Miss, Arkansas, Oklahoma, uh, Baylor, and Utah would all be right there for sure. But like Bo Nix, I mean, if Bo Nix is going on the road and putting up 458 yards and three touchdowns, like that's that's a dangerous team. Um, I had Penn State at eight because I I did not like what I saw this weekend at times, but they they still pulled away. Um, I had USC at seven. Yeah, I mean, look, their offense is is very good. They were going. I mean, that that game was Vegas said it was going to be close. Mm-hmm. people were all over Oregon state to cover the spread. Like people knew mm-hmm. that that was going to be a tough situation for the win. A lot of people had Oregon state winning the game. So the fact that they go in there looks ugly, but they get it done. I mean, their, their offense is rolling right now. They, they go and play against no, Arizona. their offense. Yeah. What yeah are you talking it, about? It, their offense is definitely rolling. It was before last night. 
but again, it's 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 a tough environment. I mean, no, it's they, not. It's fucking Corvallis. It's not a tough environment. Okay, maybe not for Alabama. I mean, but like it, like it's they have USC or Oregon State once went like thirty four years in between back like in in between wins versus USC. They beat them last year, and I think I think Oregon State's a good team. I, I think they're going they're going to challenge like Oregon. I think they they could win eight, maybe nine games. I, I really do. But USC, if you like, if we're building this team up as like they are going to challenge, like for like a playoff spot, like they they could run the table. They have the most bets on them, like to win the national championship, all that kind of shit. Caleb Williams and, and like this offense, and but it should not take four interceptions for you to like to put away Oregon State whether you're home or away when you have that much talent like like here's a here's the I guess like my my biggest concern is you say like the offense is rolling the offense was rolling until this week but like Jordan Addison didn't have a single catch in the first half Caleb Williams was 6 of 18 for for 64 yards he finished the game with only 180 yards passing and and was under 50% completion percentage you know you're allowed to have one bad game let's see how they rebound Go into a hapless Arizona State game next weekend. They'll probably put up some more yeah. points. Um, I think ultimately their defense is what will do them in at some point. Um, it, you would think so. Like they has to trail off at some point, right? Like Oregon, I think we all were very quick after week one to say like, oh, God, Oregon's just really not good and Bo Nix is horrible. Well, right. it probably has a lot to do with who they played and where they played them. Um, yeah. More so than hey you know Oregon's just not good so clearly like between Oregon and Utah it'll be interesting to see those games when USC plays them but I you I think you got to put keep USC in the top 10 for now so you know you know that USC still hasn't had a single turnover this this year that's great wait I thought you said they threw four picks no no Oregon State has oh oh, they threw four they forced four but um yeah like they're 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 leading the country in turnover margin at plus fourteen through four games, which yeah, is that's insane. Not sustainable. They have eleven. They have eleven interceptions and three fumbles. I mean, that is that's like that's crazy. So here's here's um, their schedule coming up. They got Arizona State and Washington State at home back to back, but then they go at Utah October fifteenth, and then oh, they, do they not play Oregon in the regular season? No. Oh, good for them. <laughs> they play Colorado, who's probably the worst team in the FBS. You see their fucking mascot playing solitaire in the end zone yesterday during the game? <laughs> no. That was a real fucking thing that happened. <laughs> uh, okay. All right. So that's, I have, I, I mainly say that because I have USC behind them because, like, I think USC could probably beat Clemson, but I wouldn't have them ranked because they haven't earned it yet on the field. I, so I had Clemson at six. Um, and I, and I honestly wanted to put them ahead of, of who I have next, but I, this is my top five, and I don't I don't feel bad about it. I like right now from performance, I feel I feel fine with this being my top five. Michigan at five, Georgia at one, Bama at two, Ohio State at three, and Tennessee at four. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you, there's definitely an argument to be made for Tennessee being in the top five. 
I really do. I mean, they've been no. super impressive. That offense is very hard to stop. And as long as they have some modicum of success on defense, which until this latest game, they actually did a really good job of stopping the run. Yeah. Now, maybe it was because they haven't played anybody that can run the ball yet because they didn't do a great job of stopping it in this Florida game. Right. But if you could if you could find something to hang your hat on for the Tennessee defense and just stay true to that, then you're going to win a lot of games with that offense. And so, yeah, um, yeah, I mean, I think there's a I can't wait to see them play Kentucky because I don't I, I think Kentucky's going to have a hard time scoring against a lot of like good teams. I just yeah. don't think their offense is very good. So if, you know, ten, that'll be a, that'll be an interesting game with Tennessee and, and Kentucky. Mm-hmm. That, Kentucky's almost like one dimensional at this point, but anyway. Uh, yeah, I think I, I agree with that. I mean, I, I don't think you can move Georgia out of the top spot until proven otherwise. I mean, the one weird game against Kent state isn't going to affect me at all there. And, and Bama's going to round into form at some point, and it sounds like they already have started yeah. that process. Uh, so um, I like it, man. There's going to be a lot determined on the field over the next month. October is going to be a great month for seeing mm-hmm. who's really legit. So I look forward to it. Um, yeah, man. Hey, let's, let's play this last uh, voicemail. I've already listened. We've both already listened to this, by the way. Um, but we wanted to share it with the listeners because – I actually related with this. You know, I, I find that the podcasts that I listen to, whether they're sports related or not, I like to, to kind of dive into them when I've had a bad day. I got stressful days going on with work, whatever it may be. Um, and I hope we can provide that for a lot of you guys that listen to us. I mean, Chris yeah. and I it, love doing this and, and we love football, obviously. Uh, but, you know, just to receive this voicemail over the weekend, we thought was cool. And then we will... Um, head out from there so anything you want to say before we play this and then we head out no man i'm excited to get into october like september is always such a weird month because there's so many hot takes and all that kind of shit and october like the leaves start changing pads start popping i can't wait all right well hey if there's nothing else then um yeah that's gonna be it for us so listen to this voicemail and we will see you guys on wednesday slash thursday depending on when you listen to it for a preview of an awesome week five uh with that uh, this caller is Mitch. Mitch, we're praying for you, buddy. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you guys later this week. What's up, guys? It's Mitch from Georgia. Hope you're doing well. Um, basically, halftime of Florida, Tennessee, so I figured I'd go ahead and call. Um, the dogs were were real sloppy today, so I, I don't want to talk about that game. Tennessee and Florida has been a lot of fun so far. Um, this is not about a game, but I wanted to call and tell you guys this. I have a chronic illness that affects, uh, well, this week started affecting my mobility and my vision. And when you can't walk and you can't see, there's not a lot that you can do, but you can listen to podcasts. And I just wanted to say thanks. Um, it's been a, it's been a tough week for me, man, but just getting to, to tune in and listen to you guys has really made a difference for me this week. It's helped my mood. I love hearing you guys talk football. Um, you know, you guys have a have a way of doing this that makes us feel like we're in the room with you, and that's that's pretty cool, man. So, um, wanted to say thanks for that. 
and um, appreciate you guys keep up the good work.